This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 191, Coaching Examples. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire. We must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of the show. Ooh, I've got a treat for you today. I am doing something I've never done on any other episode and as you heard we're on episode 191 so it's a brand new thing it was actually something my ops manager Rachel suggested and it's coaching people I've never coached before for the show so I put it out there to my email list and I said I'm looking for a couple of participants to be coached and your coaching will be on the podcast I gave them the opportunity to change their names if they wanted to, to keep their privacy and just use their first name regardless if they change it or not. And I just said, bring whatever you want to be coached on. And we've got 30 minutes. So the two examples you're going to hear on this episode are from Madison and Eden. You're going to hear Madison first. Madison and I didn't really know each other. Um, We'd done a couple Instagram DMs with one another, so I just knew a little bit about her. But um, it was really a treat to get to coach her and talk to her after conversing on Instagram for the past few months, if not years at this point. And she came in wanting some help to be able to get out of the idea phase with something and get into action phase. And we spent a lot of time coaching on her self-doubts and the fear of judgment that she has by putting herself out there. And just to give you a little spoiler alert, she's starting a coaching business. And so um, if you're somebody who's in that bucket of interested in starting a coaching business, this can be a really great listen for you. But regardless, it's a great listen because everybody has self-doubts and fear of judgment for sure, unless you've just heavily worked through those things. And so you'll hear the coaching that Madison and I go through for the next 30 minutes. 
And then when that coaching is over, I'll pop back on and I'll do a little intro of what I coached Eden on. So you can see this is a longer episode for sure because each coaching session is about 30 minutes. And so, you know, just listen to this in waves or sit and and listen to it all at once. But you have a lot to gain here by hearing other people getting coached. I'm a big, big proponent that you can learn just as much from other people getting coached as you can yourself. So it's it's really great to be able to listen to our two guinea pigs who have offered to do this. And I will say too, it's really great because you've likely never heard me coach before. You know, I do a lot of teaching on the show, but what I actually do in my business day in and day out is coach women. Um, now, of course, I'm coaching women that I'm building a long-term relationship with. We're coaching, you know, anywhere from six months to multiple years. And so there is a knowledge and understanding about somebody, whereas what you're going to hear today are people that I've just met for the first time. And so I would be coaching them even more effectively had I known them more of like, okay, look at it this way or look at it that way. But you'll see that even on a first coaching session, you know, a lot can happen and a lot can change. And that is the power of coaching, my friends. So without further ado, here is my coaching session with Madison. Enjoy. All right, Madison. So excited to have you. Just for everybody out there listening, Madison and I haven't met each other. We've only done a couple DMs over Instagram throughout the past, I think, few months or even years at this point. Um, So I know just a little bit about her, but not very much at all. So today I get to coach her. So thanks for being brave and stepping into this, Madison. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yay. All right. So when you sent in your application to do this, You said you want to get out of the idea phase and get into the action phase with your desired coaching biz. Is that still where you want to go? Yes. Okay. So what is it you want to gain today in these next 30-ish minutes to say, oh my gosh, that was like the best 30 minutes of my life. I know exactly what to do next. I think the most impactful thing would be tools for me to move past that kind of paralyzing self-doubt and fear of judgment from strangers on the internet, because I find that's where I get really stuck. Okay. So tools to move past self-doubt and judgment. Okay. So tell me first off, let's talk, let's talk about self-doubt. What doubts do you have about you having a coaching business? That people won't take me seriously because I'm just a normal person, that people won't like me. I know that I have perspective and things to offer people. That doubt kind of checks that and is like, but do you really? And how are you going to say it different and better than someone else? And how are you going to be your own and not be a carbon copy of someone else out there? Okay. So let's break down each of these. I wrote them all down. The first one you said is you won't be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's just play with what if that happens? What if somebody out there is like, what a joke? I mean, realistically, right? Unless they tell me 
I have no idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just don't reach out. But if they were to tell me, I think it would just like, it would hurt my feelings. Yeah. And being a coach and being, I know you have a MS in counseling. Are you done with that medicine? I am in progress. So I'm about halfway through. Awesome. So your feelings come up for you. If somebody's like, Mm -hmm. what a joke, you know, I don't take you seriously. So you have tools that you'll process those feelings with, right? Mm -hmm. And then you'll move on, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So again, like what's the worst case that can happen there? I mean, I guess that I just have to deal with it, right? Like I have to process that. Totally. Yeah. So you'll just have uncomfortable feelings that you are so mm-hmm. fortunate to have tools to process because most people don't, which will likely just further give you ammunition to be like, I have something to really offer people because this crappy thing happened to me and this is how I got through it. Yes. Any other thoughts come up for you as I say that? Just, it's it's simply like, I think the resistance that comes up anytime you have to kind of push back on those fears that have been loud for so long. Because, right, my logic brain is like, yes, this is true. This is very simple. This is doable. And that emotional side is, is I think it's just holding on to the fear because it's been there for so long. Mm, so she's like a familiar friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a warm blanket. Like, oh, yeah. You might be prickly right. in some spots, but I know where you're prickly. And it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so but going back to knowing now the worst case scenario that would happen with the people not taking you seriously or a person not taking you seriously is just that you have feelings, you feel through them and move on. Is there anything else right. that your brain presents you as? Like, oh my gosh, this could happen or this could happen with that? No. Okay. All right, so we'll come back to that if we need to, but it sounds like right now we've diffused it enough. The next thing you said is people won't like you. Mm -hmm. So what if you do put yourself out there and nobody responds to it or very few people respond to it or you actually get haters? Obviously the emotional side, right? People saying mean things is never enjoyable, but I think it would reinforce that internal monologue and so it would be building that story of see you're right you don't belong here you aren't good enough you're you failed in these areas and so it would just like further build that concrete wall that I already struggle breaking through yes it would just show you more healing to do Mm mm-hmm because again, you have tools to get through that. Yes? Yes. So it would just be like, okay, all right. Now I know where my weak spots are and I can heal those and move on. I think that one is such a fear factor because it's something that I'm still like actively trying to work through already. And so I think because I I have the feeling that because I haven't resolved it, that I'm not 
capable, capable is not the right word, but that I'm not able to even implement the things that I know to move forward. Does that make sense? Sort of. Tell me, tell me more. Because regardless of what I'm work like what the issue or project or venture is, those same feelings come up and it's very, very deep rooted in the the perfectionist, the fear of failure, the need to achieve, and that that crippling fear of not being good enough and of not achieving and of failing and reaffirming the messaging that I'm not good enough. Yeah. So you just need more healing there. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't feel crippling because hopefully you get to a point where it's not so crippling. You put yourself out there. Somebody doesn't like it because that's likely going to happen. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things is that it is, nearly impossible for you to, in my opinion, to kind of take a stand or put something out there that everyone doesn't like and not to get response. Like if you're putting things out there for public consumption, someone is going to disagree with you and someone is going to share that, right? So it is, it's, it's inevitable. And I, it's like the, the foreboding of that happening prevents even starting. Yeah, because it sounds like you're still working through what you described as the deep crippling fear of not being enough. Yes. Yeah. So let's just play with that for a second. How deep does that feel to you right now on a one to 10 scale, 10 being like so deep, it's like you can't even think about it. It's up there. It's like an eight ish. I mean, it's really deep okay so do you feel like your healing is going in the direction you want it to go and it's moving the pace you want it to move with that I do feel like I'm making progress and I see a wonderful therapist and right and I'm working through it it's not as fast as I want, but I don't know that my expectations are realistic on that side. Like, I don't, this is not something that's solved in one session, right? right. <laughs> you can't just blink and be like, oh, you're right. It's all better. So I, I can recognize that I am making progress, mm-hmm. but I do wish it was faster. How long have you been working with your therapist or any kind of therapy? For many years on several right on lots of things. And I've only been like specifically gotten down to the point where I'm able to work on this the last few months, I would say. Okay. So it's only been a few months that you've really been focusing on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect. Cause I was going to say, if this has been a years, a long process, like there's got it, there are other tools to get this moving faster. But when Mm -hmm. I hear now a few months, I'm like, okay, it's happening in a beautiful, progressive way. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. So going back to people won't like you right now, it feels big and crippling. As I said, I would spend more time healing there to where it doesn't feel so close to an eight and 
my guess would be when you're closer to like a five, you're probably going to feel strong enough to be like, okay, I can kind of withstand whatever storm comes at me. I mean, you can do it now too, Madison, if you wanted to, but you're already dealing with so much, you know, it's like, why would I put, throw that right. out there? You know, like add fuel to yes. the fire almost potentially. It, that's very much how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as I say that, do you have any thoughts, any disappointment with that? Anything come up? It's the constant, right. The, like I was talking about the desire for it to just be fixed and to to finally feel free of it, I think. And so it's that frustration there that I keep running into this and it's impacting my life. And I know I need to move forward. And again, right. I know I'm doing the right things. I'm processing, I'm working through it. I'm learning the skills. I'm doing the things. So I'm not an inactive participant, but it is still that frustration that I just can't seem to move forward. Well, and I just don't know if that thought is helpful because you could find so many ways in which you are moving forward and that's what your brain will then start to see. You know, if you keep telling yourself, I'm not moving forward, I'm stuck, I'm whatever, your brain is then going to focus in on that. not helpful. Right. It's going to be confirmation bias, right? It's going to be like, oh yeah, and here's this and this and this and this. And it's like, why do we need to tell ourselves that? Because the, f- the fact is, Madison, you are an active participant in your healing and you have been for years. It would be different if you're sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and watching TV all day, you know? Right. Yeah. So yeah. as I say that, what thoughts come up for you? Honestly, I w- <laughs> you said sitting on the couch uh, eating Cheetos. I wish that sometimes I wasn't an active participant because it takes so much energy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Totally. Like, I really could get down with, with some wine and bonbons and Netflix <laughs> and just not. <laughs> I know, right? It's so much easier not to do the work and not be awake. It, right? Exactly. But then what yes. happens? right at the end of the journey of life those people have regrets right and i've not achieved these goals that i want or done the things that i wanted to do and that's not the kind of life that i want to live yeah and that's truly coming like from the depth of your soul right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay so going back to I forget what the actual thought that you said was it's like I'm not moving forward was that what it was Mm -hmm. what could you think instead that would be helpful to you and is at least somewhat believable for you to think instead for me the mental picture of like the literal Berlin wall is Mm -hmm. kind of how I see it and so as you were saying that just like setting the stones to like to make a step ladder, right? You're getting to the top of the wall to get over the wall instead of trying to tear the wall down. Yeah. So what I hear in that is like every day I'm getting closer and closer or I'm making progress or right. I'm moving up or whatever. And even if you're not 
like day by day, even if you say like, I didn't stack another rock today, you don't lose the progress by taking a break. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to give you a tool that I think will really help with this. If you're not already doing this, it's called wins. I have all my clients do this because when you are in the journey of changing and healing, evolving, whatever you want to call it, you've got to be able to see the progress every, every day, you know, in a perfect world, it doesn't have to be of just Mm -hmm. little things that you're doing because that will tell the brain I'm changing. I'm growing. This is working because every day we're growing in such little amounts that we don't see it. And so then we create these thoughts of like, oh, I'm not progressing or I'm stuck or whatever, Mm -hmm. when it's just not the case. So any day that you can, Madison, do you journal by chance? I do sporadically. I always mean to, but I'm not regular at it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So if you're not regular at it, then maybe you just create like a note doc on your phone or you become regular at this because this will be a great stepping stone into journaling. If you wanted to be, I'm a huge proponent of journaling for reasons I want to get, get into, but yeah. So every day find your wins. Okay. I will even send you when we get off here and I'll put in the show notes for those listening to the podcast, I will put what inside wins are and what outside wins are. And so you can start to find those and likely where it sounds like you're at right now is you're mostly in the inside wind phase where you're growing and evolving on the inside. And so you're going to find those and be like, Oh, I made a, you know, more a healthier choice yesterday or a choice toward my authentic self yesterday. I am feeling progress and that's a win. Somebody noticed something about me. That's a win. And so again, you're just teaching and showing your brain. It's all, it's all happening. It's all moving. Mm -hmm. Okay, as I say all that, any questions or thoughts? No, I I really like it. And I've noticed even just my anxiety, my gratitude, everything is better when I journal and I just go in phases and it's just another kind of reinforcement that even if it's just to list out the wins, I need to open the journal and pick up the pen and give myself that space. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned gratitude. So I'll just tell you and everyone listening, what I have my clients do is they list their wins every day and I have them list at least three, do gratitude, at least one thing you're grateful for, and then hold the vibration for 17 seconds of whatever that is, okay? Because that's what it shows is like, it gets through your body and you're holding that energy of it. And then journal and spend a couple of minutes I mean, it can be as little as a few. Ideally, you're spending like 20 or 30 minutes, which can feel like a lot to a lot of people. You're just writing out your feelings or you're like processing your day or you're processing something you want to talk to somebody about. And if you stick with that for at least a month and it doesn't have to be perfect where you do it every day, you will see a huge difference in your mentality. So just something to chew on, Madison, (laughs) with that. Any thoughts yeah, about that? I, I'm making a note to myself to set a reminder on my phone so that I don't get distracted, right? So as it's coming up on bedtime, just to like, hey, journal, just as a reminder to do it because you're right. And I do, I always notice a difference when I'm journaling. Yeah. Because in essence, what you're starting to do is you're starting to coach yourself, 
And the more you do it, you're holding space for yourself too and you're processing feelings so they have somewhere to go. And if you're gonna start at night, great. Play with some different times and see what works best for you. Or maybe it's just like, you know you're gonna show up every day and you just trust yourself to show up whatever time of day you need to. It's totally your call. I do wanna know though, you know, when we talk about building new habits like journaling, something I mention a lot with clients, I have them take this assessment called, what do we call it? It's just like leaving my brain. But it's by Gretchen, <laughs> where is it? I'm looking at my bookshelf. The oh, is it the? The Four Tendencies, there we go. Yes, I'm yes. an obliger. Okay, I had a feeling. I had a just like an <laughs> intuitive feeling. Okay, so obligers, as you know, but let, let's bring in the listeners, um, is you need external accountability to get things done, okay? So with that, Madison, you may need, since you have a therapist right now, just share with your therapist, hey, every time I'm meeting with you, ask me about my journaling. And here's really why I'm doing that. And, you know, get somebody involved in that to help hold you accountable. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I want to go back to the self-doubt. We talk through, you won't be taken seriously. We talk through people won't like you, which right now it sounds like you need more healing there. Mm -hmm. You also said, do I have anything to offer? Sometimes I feel like I do. And then I question it. So do you have things to offer? My immediate like visceral reaction is yes, an emphatic yes. yes. Um, and then it's the fear gremlins, if you will, that come in. And I, I firmly believe that they're serving the role of, of perceived protectors in keeping me from that perceived danger, right? Putting myself out there. And that's been the hardest part of dismantling them is, is really that, right? That side of my brain is saying there's a logical reason that they're doing this job mm -hmm. and trying to work through that. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things I want to say there. I'm so glad that you see you have something to offer because even if you just looked at yourself a couple of years ago, you, that version of you would be like, oh my gosh, yes, teach me your tools. Teach me what you've mm -hmm. learned, right? And so keep her in mind when you're doubting that because your former self would be all over what you know now and there are other former yous out there that need that. Okay, I have to remind myself even this all the time, Madison. I'm like, do, do these tools like still help people? Because I've done them for so long, you know? And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, yes, 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 of course they do, right? Okay, so you see that, but then you see, you call them the gremlins, right? We mm -hmm. call them like inner mean girls, <laughs> the voice yes. of the ego, you can call it whatever you want, right? So it's that negative inner voice in your head. And so again, you're working through that and it sounds like you're doing that with your therapist, yes? Yes. Yes, okay. So just keep working through that stuff. If you and I were coaching, we would be working through that stuff too. We even do like an enter me girl interview of like why she's protecting you and all of that. But it sounds like you just need more time. And I would just throw in there, you know, when you're journaling, do thought downloads is what we call them of what she has to tell you of like why she's protecting you and see if you can start to shift any of those thoughts. Okay. 
like what we just said earlier of like, I'm not progressing. See if you can shift it to something that's more helpful. And just know too, is that sometimes you won't be able to shift them and that's okay. That is what you can then take to your therapist and say, hey, I'm needing more healing here. Can we work through this? Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense? Yes. Okay, any thoughts come up for you as I say that? The question, I, how do you feel like the relationship with someone who's actively in counseling and then chooses coaching? How do you feel like that relationship plays? And is there a point that you say, I don't think you're ready for coaching, or I really think you're at a great place to start that? What does that look like? That would really look like someone doing a consult call and me spending that hour digging through asking the questions I asked to kind of filter that of like, okay, Mm -hmm. where are they at? And really what I'm looking for there is things like energy, like how much energy they have. Are they following through with things? You know, a lot of my clients, Madison, they've been in therapy for years and they're like, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. been great and awesome, but I've just gotten to a point where it's like, I need something more. And Mm -hmm that always excites me. I'm like, oh, okay. When somebody hasn't had any kind of therapy or anything like that, I'm I'm always a little curious of like, okay, where are we going to be at? And again, on that console, I'll kind of filter it out. But yeah, it's just kind of me going through that process. Does that make awesome. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So I want to go back to your thing and kind of wrap it up now that we're at the end of our 30 minutes. It's gone by so fast. Because I already have like so many more questions. Like, <laughs> dang it, we're at the end. Okay. The other thing that you said is I want to be myself. I don't want to be a carbon mm-hmm. copy of anybody else. Okay. So what I want to offer you there is I, I really want you to think through what we call your authentic self. Some people call it like your true self, you know, just like the version of you that is almost like probably how you were as a kid. Like, who are you beneath the trauma, beneath society's expectations and, you know, all the teachings that we throw on to people to say, be this way or be that way. And I would also offer you as one coach to another coach, Mm -hmm. kind of step away from the coaching industry. I've really had to do my own unpacking with this too, because there's so much out there of like, do it this way, do it that way. This is the way to success. Mm-hmm. Or, and you're seeing all these people and it's like, oh, that's the way that you need to be to be successful, mm-hmm. right? And the more you're in that, the more you're gonna end up being a carbon copy. And so the more you can step away and ask yourself questions like, in my ideal world, how would I show up in my coaching biz? What would I say? What would I take my clients through? What would I do? And spend your time in that reflection versus looking at everybody else. What are your thoughts as I say that? It makes total sense. And you're right. The more you research and look at it, which is kind of right where I'm at, I look at it and I'm like, "Mm, they're doing what I want to do. And it, right, it looks this way and it, sounds this way. And I love the pushback to say, no, I need to find the way that I do it. Because that's where, you know, my zone of excellence is, if you will. Ooh, look at you with your zones. I love Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Okay. On that note too, I would offer you find one mentor 
or coach or somebody who will guide you to your authentic truth and self as you build your business and not here's my formula or here's my system or do it like me kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because right. again, I've spent many years in that and it's, it's just, it's not enjoyable and it's not fun. And then you have to unpack it later. So the more you can do that now, the better. I love that. Yeah. And then too, as you're healing and you're working through all these doubts and you know, it'll just naturally come up for you to build more of that authentic self. Like with my clients, we spend the first three-ish months cleaning out as much shit as we can. And then we spend the next three-ish months really building their authentic self. And we couldn't flip-flop that. I couldn't be like, yeah, let's do your authentic self first because there's too much shit in the way. And so we've got to mm -hmm. clear that out and get to it. So the more you clear out, the more you'll be able to find her. Make sense? It does. And it's, it definitely makes sense to not should on myself that I need to get the cart before the horse, if you will. Yep. Yep. Totally. Okay. What are you walking away with from today? The reminder for journaling. I am going to ask Tori, my fabulous therapist, to check in with me for accountability there. Okay. And I am stepping away from looking at coaching the coaching industry trying to figure out how other people are doing it and I'm going to really settle in with what feels good to me and how I want to show up in my business totally and one more thing I want to offer you there is how it feels to you and also how it feels to who you're envisioning as like your ideal client or clients mm -hmm. I love that which probably is just like a former Madison, right? Right. Yeah. And so what would she want? And, and finding the blend of that too, to get together. Yes. Okay. So you said you want some tools to move past self-doubt and judgment. I would have loved more time, <laughs> but we're at the 30 minute mark. Do you feel like you got <laughs> yes. some? Yes, I do. Okay. Awesome. We didn't get to go into the judgment as much, um, but it, it was kind of, you know, seated in there with the self-doubt of judgment of others, for sure, and some judgment of for yourself. Sure. But again, journaling will really help you start to unpack this more and look at things even more and doing like those thought downloads, like I said, and seeing what you can shift and what you're not able to shift, take to your therapist and say, hey, help me out. I need healing here. Perfect. Thank okay. you so much. You're so welcome, Madison. So great to talk to you and meet you. Yes, it was wonderful to officially meet you as well. Yay. All right. I hope you love that coaching session with Madison. I just love how open and honest she was about her fears and what she's thinking about. And I think so many of us can relate to this for sure, especially if we've started a coaching business. I feel like we all have to go through those fears of being judged for sure and being taken seriously and making sure you have something to offer and all of those things. So completely normal stuff to work through. And I also love how she gave a shout out to her therapist. That's amazing. I love it when clients give me shout outs too. It's like, yeah, you know, we're kind of working behind the scenes on things. And so, so beautiful in that. All right. So who I have next is Eden. So again, Eden and I had never met before until we got on the call. I will say that it was a little chaotic getting on with Eden. She had some life stuff going on 
And then when we got on the call, there were a couple moments when her internet cut out a little bit, but I thought this was a really great coaching session regardless because we were able to make a pretty big shift in her consciousness in just a few minutes. And seeing how that impacted her to make that shift was kind of eye-opening to me. You know, it's been a really long time since I've just coached somebody without knowing them. Um, Usually I kind of lead up to it. Even when we start the coaching process, there's a lot of me just listening and taking things in. and, And then we eventually get to kind of more what I call like hard hitting coaching where it's like, okay, tell me the problem. Let's solve it. Da, 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 and we move kind of fast. And, um, you know, Eden had never been coached before my guess. I don't think she'd ever been in therapy before either. Um, and so it was like a lot to her system of like, Whoa, what just happened? And so if you're somebody who's in that boat, who's never had coaching or therapy, you know, just realize it can be a lot and you can change a lot in a short amount of time, even if it's just one shift in consciousness. And if you're somebody who has done coaching or therapy, you know, I realized by watching her of like, oh, wow, you know, like this is pretty magical. And I forgot how magical this experience is. And I see my own growth in this too, of like, I can take some really hard coaching or some fast coaching and um, be able to hold that in my body. And so again, it just shows like your healing and how much you're able to to withstand. So Eden and I coached on, I forget where we started with this. At this point, we coached on this over a week ago, but it was really her, oh, I know now. We started with where, what would be a next step in her career? And she wants to be fulfilled in that. And as we started to unpack that, it went deeper and deeper. It eventually got to her unpacking something from childhood and things of that sort. So I don't want to give it away. Without further ado, here is my coaching session with Eden. Enjoy. All right. So I have Eden here that we're coaching on the podcast. Her and I have never met before. And all I know, Eden, based on the form that you filled out is you were wanting like some career advice, right? Yes, definitely. I am looking for fulfillment. Um, I'm 23 years old. I dropped out of college twice. I got married when I was 18, and I have been a housewife for the last five years, um, just working part-time at, like, restaurants and retail and pretty much whatever I could find, um, looking for direction. Well, actually, that's not true. I wasn't looking for direction. I was just I was just kind of, like, being alive, if that makes sense. Like, I'm alive. I have to make money. And I was just like, I needed a job just to make money and buy things. Like I wasn't, I wasn't looking for anything deeper than that, but I started to feel this like hole in my heart of like, I'm being unfulfilled. Yeah. yeah so you're wanting career fulfillment. Yeah. yeah. I'm fulfillment in every area of my life. <laughs> yes. But career fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look at it from a broader perspective, okay, if we're looking for fulfillment everywhere, define what fulfillment means to you. I think being fulfilled would mean to me, I think it's hard to say exactly, you know, to define what fulfillment means to an individual, but I want to be proud of what I'm doing. I want to feel a sense of accomplishment. I have so many dreams and zero follow through. And I would love to feel like I actually accomplished something I wanted for myself. Okay. So there's a follow through problem. 
So you know what you want, it sounds like, Eden, because you have lots of dreams. It's just making sure you follow through on those things. Yeah, it's it's always been an issue for me um, of feeling like I'm not good enough to make this happen. I don't have the skills. I started too late. Like even, even when I was like in high school, I, I would look at other people my age and they were the kids that had like swam their whole life or been in one sport or been really academic. And I have always kind of been dipping my toes in a little bit of everything. Mm. And, um, I was never really good at one thing. And I'd always wish that I had stuck with one thing and like found a path. And the story you're telling yourself, right, is like you have to stick with one thing. And that's the pathway to success. And there's something wrong with being multi-passionate. At least seeing one thing through. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Because right now you don't feel like you're falling through. Yeah. On like almost anything. Okay. So my brain, the first thing it goes to is there's an assessment called the Colby assessment and it tests how you make decisions. And so what it's ranking in that assessment are a couple of things, how much research you need in order to move forward, how detailed of a system you need to move forward and how quick you are to actually move forward. And so a lot of times when I have people who are like, I just don't follow through, I don't follow through that one area called follow through on the Colby is really low. And they have something like researcher high, or maybe they have systems high or something else is high. And it kind of keeps them in this loop of, oh, I love to research things or I love to think about things. And then from there, like creating the system may be hard and then falling through may be hard. Where do you feel like, does that sound like you? Um, <laughs> it's definitely the last part because I love to think and fantasize, I call it, you know, I have... Mm-hmm. I have big dreams and I can visualize them, but making concrete steps in the real world, like stepping outside of my mind to make it happen outside (laughs) is where I get stuck. It's where I get scared. It's where I doubt creeps in. So some of this, Eden, may just be the way that you make decisions and you need to realize about yourself of, oh, okay. I'm not great at follow through. And so here are ways I can hack the system in essence. Okay. So some of that will be you taking the Colby assessment to see where you fall on that. Okay. Okay. The second thing that my brain goes toward is obviously there's a, some cleanup mindset cleanup here, right? Of like, I'm not good enough. I need to do it this way. You're telling yourself these stories that just aren't serving you. They're not helpful to you at all. Right. So, I would love to help clean up one of these stories for you today because this will lighten the load and not have it feel so heavy on your back. Because what we go through in life is we're going up like this mountain, right? We're climbing this mountain of a goal we're wanting to achieve, or you can even just view life as a mountain. And we have a backpack of weight of all the crap we've been through in life, all the things we tell ourselves, and it feels really heavy. But the more we can lighten that and look at it and examine things, the more we're like, wow, life feels so much easier. Goals are happening faster. So does that all make sense? Yeah. First off? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, what do you think is the biggest thing you tell yourself that keeps you from following through? What if I fail? What if I fail and everybody 
I mean, what really is, is, is if I fail, how will it affect those around me? So I took your, uh, I got your email about the Enneagram personality test uh-huh. and I sent it to everybody I knew. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I did. So my type was type two, the caregiver. Okay. And it definitely resonated with me. And yes, I sent it to my dad, all my roommates, um, my partner, all my friends. And I was like, what type are you? And then I was looking at the relationships between them to see how my relationships with other people could improve. Like I am definitely like my, I bleed for the people I love. (laughs) And so if I take a chance selfishly, it might hurt those around me. Okay. So I want to teach you a little trick. Okay. Cause you said the thought is a question. If I fail, how will it impact others? Anytime we have a thought as a question, we want to flip that to a statement. Okay. So an example could be a flipping it of if I fail, it will impact others. Not how will it impact others. It will impact others. And it sounds like in a negative way. Right. Or I'm scared how it will impact others. Right. Right. Is that what I'm hearing? Eden? Yeah. So if I fail, it could hurt others that I love. Yes. Yes. If I fail, it could hurt others. It could hurt others. Okay. So this is the work. I I love how you did the Enneagram stuff. This is the work of an Enneagram too, right? Realizing (laughs) what's yours and what's others. Okay. And not taking responsibility on and putting others needs in front of your own. Yes. I, that is probably my biggest, one of my biggest weaknesses is that I can't find balance between being selfish and being selfless. Mm -hmm. So either I'm very, very selfless or sometimes when I make selfish decisions, like they're too far, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So finding that balance. Okay. But going back to this thought, if I feel it could hurt others. Okay. Is that a thought that serves you to have? Well, I think it's important to think about how your decisions affect other people, but it doesn't, it, it does not propel me forward for sure. It is a roadblock. Okay. okay. So let's just play with something. Okay. If we were to change out the thought from, if I fail, it could hurt others to another thought that would serve you. That would be at least somewhat believable. What would that be about failure? I don't know if, okay, so I actually do have really great friends and I know that if I fail, my friends will support me. Mm. And I do know that, which is why it's hard because <laughs> I don't want to risk letting them down or having to be taken care of. But even though you probably take care of everybody else, I definitely do. Yeah. But yeah, that that I believe is would be a true statement. If I fail, my friends will support me. Okay. So if I fail, my friends will support me. Okay, so how does that feel in your body when you say that or think that? Shaky. Oh. Yes, I feel like it's it, I'm, I'm very emotional <laughs> and it, it is important 
because when I think about myself, I think very negatively and to put it in a different perspective of like, instead of worrying about like me having to take care of them, I do know logically that they would take care of me too if I needed it and that they would want that. Okay. But let's go back to the shaky feeling. Yeah. And it brings up emotion for you. Why is that? I think it's hard to need other people. I think it's hard to accept that people do love me. And to say it out loud is even scarier. Hmm. So the acceptance of love and the acceptance of support is what I hear. Yeah. It's tricky. That makes me want to cry. What makes, what about that makes you want to cry? It just feels overwhelming and um, I don't know, maybe too much pressure. Too much pressure because if, if I am loved, I don't know, then my, my mistakes hurt others. My choices hurt others. Like I, I never want to hurt anybody. Okay, where my mind goes now, Eden, is where in your past did you make a decision or a choice and it hurt somebody else? I think it's the opposite, actually. I don't know how deep you wanted to get on on here, but I... It's... I feel like it's more of not... I wasn't... I didn't feel accepted or loved growing up, and I am desperate to keep it. Okay. And if I if I spoke up for my feelings or what I wanted out of a situation, um, sometimes my friendships would end or I would fight with my parents or people would be hurt. And I hate it. I hate hurting people. Okay. This really derailed from career fulfillment. <laughs> Yeah, so let's check in. Do you want to go back to career fulfillment or you want to keep following this? I don't know. This definitely feels like a very true route. I wasn't trying to get deep, but then it just happened. I was like, we can talk about my career. That that seems safe. Welcome to coaching, baby. <laughs> it's like something really surface level and you dig deeper, deeper, and you're like, where is this coming from? Yeah? Yeah. So, okay, but let's check in again. Do you want to keep going down this route? Yes. Yeah, let's follow it. I love to follow my feelings. <laughs> let's follow the okay. rabbit hole. Okay, so let's go back then to what you, I heard you say, is that it sounds like in your past, anytime when you stood up for yourself, you said your feelings, your needs, even probably your desires, it hurt you and hurt others? So I, it, it, it does hurt others. This is kind of hard to explain, um, but my dad was pretty conservative and you know he didn't like the choices I made with my hair or my clothes or who I chose to talk to or and he actually made me sign a contract once saying I wouldn't um, do anything like swearing or any any bad things that teenagers do I had to sign a contract saying I wouldn't do them And that was after my dad had gone through my phone and 
I don't know. My parents just kind of had a problem with everything I did and it caused problems between them. It caused problems between me and them. I wasn't it ca- like I wasn't able to see my friends or speak to my friends. My mistakes had a lot of consequences growing up. Okay. And I would guess, Eden, correct me if I'm wrong, that did your parents ever tell you the story of like, when you do something bad, i.e. you fail, it hurts us? They, it didn't say that exactly, but my dad, you know, they did say things like what you do reflects on us, you know, like you represent our family. Okay. Okay. So then your brain started to get the message of, if I fail, it hurts others. Right. And they probably labeled some of your behaviors as bad or failures. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now we know where this comes from, right? <laughs> Cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you and I were in a deeper coaching relationship, we would do some healing here, and I would teach you some things to heal. But what you can start to do now is start to reprogram your minds a little bit in this, okay? It's going to feel a little bit like a Band-Aid, okay? But at least the Band-Aid will help what we call, we call this like a bullet hole. Okay. So it's like someone yeah, shot you. I do feel you're like bleeding out. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Like it's an open wounds, right? So yeah. And in, in a longer coaching relationship, we would heal that. But right now we can put a bandaid on it a little bit. Okay. So going back to the core thought, if I fail, I'll hurt others. And then we went to, if I fail, my friends will support me. And that's when we started to dig down this rabbit hole of your feelings. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so let's go back to the thought of if I feel my friends will support me, how does it feel now in your body? It feels a little bit more comfortable. Like it more like the feeling lives here instead of like just coming to visit. Like, I don't know. It feels like it's sitting in my stomach. Like my friends will support me. Like I know that. Mm, It almost feels like an anchoring feeling. Yeah. You know, because kind of what I feel off of you. Yeah, because I I had followed this rabbit hole of like, why do I feel like I don't deserve love or support when I make mistakes? Mm-hmm. While we were talking, you know, and it was not my friends. Like it wasn't anybody else who put that on me. So like, I I don't need to be afraid because they've never done that to me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear what you're saying indirectly, which is, my brain went to my friends will hurt me, but the reality is is that my parents hurt me, right. not my friends. Right. I'm in a different relationship now. So you're telling your brain is like, it's okay. They're safe. Right. They'll support me. They'll love me. They've accepted me for who I am. They haven't forced me to be something I'm not. Right. Right. And it sounds like probably your friends too don't have such a black and white vision of here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's successful. Here's what's failing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have have been through some really difficult times together. So I've been there for you. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there for each other. And that's, that's something that's pretty new that I've never had before. Great. Okay. So I want to backtrack a little bit more. Knowing now, if you truly fail, which I always say failure is just feedback in essence of like, oh, okay, that's not what I wanted or not what I expected. No big deal. We don't have to look at failure as this bad thing. But even if you do fail, Eden, 
knowing your friends are there to support you, what does that open up for you? I feel like it unlocks my desire a little bit. Like I, I feel more like I'm, I can allow myself to chase something, you know, cause you know, you'll be supported. Right. And that like, I don't know, I'm trying to free myself from the expectation that other people's lives dependent on what I do. Ah, which probably goes back to your parents again. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Do you feel complete? I feel, I do feel like I've kind of come in this circle and it happens so quickly. I'm a little confused. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, your brain and body is like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah, my feeling, I feel like I just went through like a roller coaster for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what you need to do now is what we call regulating, okay? So you're going to regulate your brain and your body, your nervous system. See, look, you already know what to do, Eden. You breathe into it, ground yourself in your body, okay? Even when we get off here, continue to breathe. And what I would love for you to do, at least for the next 21 days, is to program in the thought of that you're supported, you're loved, program even in what you want to think about failure, if you even want to call it that. Anything you want to think, start programming it intentionally in your mind so that you can start to, in essence, build those brain wires. Because our brains are just like computers. All we need to do is just build the wire of what we want to think. Is that true? Yeah. Because I hear people say that, you know, like I hear people talk about how, you know, your brain can do anything you tell it to do really but right it does definitely feels like it controls me most days well and that's where right now what we're doing again is we're putting a band-aid on things right we're telling your brain hey i don't want to think this one thing anymore i want to think this other thing but what you used to think is rooted in so much emotion because there's some trauma in that even though you know it's not like this big, huge trauma that someone would be like, holy crap, that was horrible abuse, right? It's just like little, what we call little T trauma. So we're putting a Band-Aid on it right now. And so it is going to feel a little bit harder to reprogram. If you were to go in and clean that out and heal it, it would feel a lot easier to reprogram, okay? So either way, Eden, you can reprogram it. Right. It's just the ease in what you're doing that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, scratched the surface. But Right, right. Um, to think about it, too, is like, you know, we program our minds all the time with habits. Like, we programmed at one point how to type on a keyboard or how to drive a car. It's the same thing with how we want to think about ourselves, others, in the world. We're just building in the habit over and over again. Okay? So, again, breathing. Every day, if you can just, like, breathe. <sighs> couple minutes, say whatever you want to say to yourself, that will help reprogram this and start to hopefully help you move forward a little bit more. Yeah. But I also suggest taking the Colby assessment. I think it's like $40 to take it. It's not a sexy assessment. It takes about 30 minutes, but it is super insightful for you to see how is it you're making decisions so you can see where you may be getting stuck and you can overcome that. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Okay. This was this was a very this was a whirlwind. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just keep regulating. It'll come into you more and more. All right, Eden. Thanks for being our guinea pig today. Yeah, thank you, Lindsay. It was nice to meet you. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry for getting so vulnerable. I know we just oh my gosh, met, don't and ever I just, apologize. I just opened up. 
Oh gosh, girl, that's like nothing. Okay. That's nothing. <laughs> nothing. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got a lot of great wisdom from it and you started to see, wow, this coaching thing can really make a difference even just for 30 minutes at a time. So if you're somebody who feels really inspired, you're ready to take action, you are ready to start coaching with me, the first step as of right now, as this episode goes live, is to apply for a free consult so you and I can talk through where you're at now, where you want to be, by coaching together, and just me asking you some questions to ensure that we would be a great fit to work together. You know, Madison and her session kind of asked that question too, and I was like, really? You know, I have to take you through my filtration process or anybody through that. So um, if that's you, go to lindsayepreston.com forward slash free call. Remember, Lindsay spelled with an A, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Um, and go over there and find a day and time that works for you. And you and I will have an hour together free of charge to just talk all things about you and where you want to be. You know, I'm getting to a place where I'm not going to be doing as much one-on-one coaching as in my business. And so, um, especially if you're listening to this episode live or near when it goes live in uh, November, December, 2022, you know, take action on this because again, one-on-one coaching will go away and pretty soon I'll be doing just more and more self-study stuff, which is great and awesome. And you can take the program at your own pace and there's so much to gain from that. But if you want me there to support you throughout the entire process. Now is the time to make that happen. All right, my friend, that's it for now. I will see you on a future episode. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero. And you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share this show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share, share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.